Welcome, fam. This is Courtney Russell Jr., and I'm here with my co-host, Emily Brocker. Welcome to Humanize. We are two Americans with totally different backgrounds and life experiences. We're coming together on this podcast to dive right at the heart of the three things that shut down tough conversations about race, culture, power, and ego. The stories you are about to hear are meant to humanize those deeply involved in social justice. Welcome to the work, y'all. Let's get it. Here we are on the 57th anniversary of Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. And to me, it feels like our country is maybe a couple centimeters ahead of where it was then. I mean, what has happened this week, just for folks who um, are listening to this a bit later, um, why don't you break down what, what has happened this week? I mean, in short, there was an African-American male who was shot seven times, and now he's rendered um, maybe a lifelong paralytic um, because of his perception of being a criminal. Whether or not he had some interactions, negative interactions with the law, definitely, to me, did not warrant um, his placement in, hospi- in the hospital right now and how he's fighting for his life. Um, I just, and that- I, I would love to know your perspective on on where we are as as far as justice is concerned and what do you think about that i mean i this is i mean this has been such a deeply it is ter- it is terrifying to like tap into the emotion of what it brings out to think of to think of jacob blake shot in front of his kids to think of this 17 year old white terrorists who went around shooting people in front of the police to think of trayvon martin also 17 who had skittles in his pocket and a hoodie on how how could i have ever thought that there was justice is what makes just overwhelms me to the point of paralysis which i'm I'm afraid of because i'm afraid of the the white apathy that could happen if i it, it i i just don't even know what to say in terms of how far we are from a just society that is you know monitored by people who can who can handle it who can freaking deal with with what we're handed you know i i would push i i I may say something that's kind of controversial right now but i think there is justice there's just not justice for every american right well that's if this was if there was role reversal and a white a white person got shot seven times this would be such an uproar It'll be it'll be so audacious. It'll be something that is unheard of in our country. Uh, you know, when you have uh, a white a white child that's abducted or kidnapped or murdered, laws are created for her mm-hmm. or him. Black kids are trafficked. I mean, white kids are trafficked as well. But when you have white kids who are are assaulted or or black kids who are assaulted and things of that nature, it doesn't get the type of justice per se that. Uh, a white child will get. Yeah. And it just goes further now to say if you do anything to individuals that the law enforcement community were sworn to protect and serve, is it really for everyone or is it for a select few and everyone else gets what we get? Yeah, I def- I I totally agree with you that there is there is a system in place that works some of the time, you know, there mm-hmm. is and there are, yeah, I would say, you know, 
part, what are the parts of justice? So today we're looking at justice. I feel like currently media is a part of that because mm-hmm. how we talk about things, yeah. leadership is part of it. It just obviously in the last four years with Trump, like how we talk about things matters. Oh, we know geez. this now. <laughs> it frames, it gives permission to people. Um, how the media is talking about, oh, look at this, you know, 17 year old terrorist. He was, he was on edge. Yeah. Man, he must have really been yeah. upset yeah, exactly. to kill two people yeah. in the middle of the street. No, I mean, that's. The, how we talk about him is is really important. Then we have the cops who are like uh, the first, you know, online and and seeing the scene. And then we have judges and supreme judges, yeah. and the whole system is supposed to be, you know, that lady justice yeah. with the two little pans that are supposed to in be balance. <laughs> in balance and blind, and then blind. Mm-hmm. And this is not. Like the image of her being blind. I mean, I, that's a really interesting kind of visual to think yeah. about this because to get to a place where we could have blind justice that applies to everyone, hmm. that feels, this is where it gets the overwhelm and the fear of apathy because it feels so far. It feels so far from that. I, I like to call things the way they are, you know, and the system was, is doing exactly what it's created to do. I mean, last week we spoke about abolition. This is why a system, when people say we no longer live in a, in a white supremacist system or all systems are based on, on merit, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of appalling to me. And they're not recognizing that this system was set in place to protect a few and to capitalize on the rest. Yeah. And so by you not being willing to say, you know what, the system is very flawed it kind of infuriates me because unless you know how to fix a problem you must notice one exists and law enforcement is just a uh, police are not the issue Mm -hmm. lawyers are not the issue the system they have to work in has created is what we are seeing today I I have an interesting question for you because I think you know a part of, of what you and I stand for is is like empathy and you definitely stand for positivity. I can, I don't know, I, much more than me. Um, how do you think, like, could you put yourself in the shoes? How do you think it's possible for someone to not believe that systemic, systemic racism is a huge issue in the States right now? It goes back to being comfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're benefiting from this, you started to look at it as a place of normality. Oh, we elected a black president. Mm-hmm. Oh, a lot of black people are rich. Oh, look, um, the, the NBA is full of individuals who are making a lot of money. But at the end of the day, everything you say, it sounds like a favor. Like, look what we gave you. Mm. Instead of look what, was, what, what we attained because of who we were. Mm-hmm. Like when you say, oh, you had a, a black president for two terms, that's kind of insulting as if he didn't work hard to get to where the stature of where he, where he was mm-hmm. and the type of man he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he was there, it wasn't like he was given the respect that he deserved, him or his family. No, I mean, it became all about him, not his politics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And today again, you know, and so it, I think we live in a world where people who are benefiting from this system are quick to say white supremacy doesn't exist. Whereas people who have to actually feel the thumb of oppression are screaming, 
please, let's change the system. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't think anything is wrong with my car, I'm not going to try to get a new one. Mm-hmm. It's if I'm very comfortable in everything that my car has to offer, you can't try to sell me a new car on a, on a new car because I don't need a new car. So why is a new system needed when the old system is working just fine? When you have white people in this country who don't feel the discomfort and the pain and terror of mm-hmm. uh, racism on a daily basis, what do you think can motivate them to get out of their comfort zone? Because we know biologically that our brain will always go back yeah. to the comfort, the familiarity, and we'll look for things that confirms why that's that's right. Like we're yeah. wired to do that. How do we... I think two things: their perspective change, and 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 being willing to understand that through discomfort, you 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 start to walk towards true freedom. You know, so you have to change your perspective and look from the perspective of someone else. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, if you were born a white person, you will never be able to feel how it is to be black. Mm-hmm. However, not just being an ally, but being an accomplice with. A person of color start to give you a perspective that you know what maybe I have been living in a comfortable bubble that should be burst right now so that a person that I care about can experience the same type of lifestyle that I have been blessed to live mm-hmm. you know because the issue is not if you're white you're the problem mm-hmm. the issue is that if you're white how can you not see the obligation that you have to uplift others like if I'm a doctor it's my obligation now if you pass out here to give you CPR mm-hmm. because I know I know what it takes. I've been blessed to have the science and the knowledge mm-hmm. to save your life. Mm-hmm. You have been blessed with something that can save, a privilege that can save my life and yep. save the life of my family. And if you say you care about an American, that should be a priority of yours. You know, and so that's why when people say that white supremacy doesn't exist or we should leave or, or why do we not want to change? Why, why do we not really want to speak on everything? Why is slavery such a, a, um, a huge problem is because we don't want to really admit that there were issues. Right. You know, just like when a black man commits a crime, oh, he wasn't a good person in the beginning. When a white person commits a crime, now mental health is an issue. Right. What, black people can't have mental health issues? <laughs> like, yeah. So it, it just goes to say, like, the, the, the color of my skin has put me into this box that you should appreciate the state that you're in. Mm-hmm. You should always give the police the respect. That way you don't die. Mm-hmm. You should always make sure that you're above board and maybe things will go your way mm-hmm. if you're a person of color. But if you're a white person, you consider, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Innocent before proven guilty. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just a total... A, a, a shift when it just because of the color of your skin and that right there is racism mm-hmm. that right there because to me and I hope to speak about this in further episodes um, I think there's a difference between racism and prejudice yeah mm-hmm. um, and we use those words like interchangeably when I think there's a, there's a difference between both of those yeah yeah and I want to just foreshadowing to our next episode talk about the importance historically and current day of the denial of racism more oh, yeah. more directly mm-hmm. um and today feed feed this back into the question of justice mm-hmm. and i want to also so i recognize that a couple minutes ago i was talking about white people mm-hmm. <laughs> i really feel like i need to like own 
my own position in this as a white person and speak from my experience. And I, you know, in terms of like getting out of, out of how things currently are, I notice as well, like as I'm going through book groups or processes that ask of me to do a daily practice or something that's turning my attention towards racism, just the fact that I have to, I have this moment in my day of like, now I bolster up energy and focus on this. It is such a, it's a choice, you know, and it's something that I believe in deeply. And I, I want to live in the society that is just for everyone. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. And I, I imagine it's a couple generations away. So I'm excited for my kids, kids. Um, Maybe it's not that far away. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot going on right now, but just, um, I don't know. I just have this concern for the, the, the energy that it takes to get out of our habits and comfort and pattern. And, and I can see the necessity of that on an individual level to put pressure on the policy. And I, 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 also admit like when i saw the footage of this this terrorist shooting people down it made me be like i don't want to be on the streets protesting you know like i i need i need to survive and then i was pissed because i was like this person drove me away from a movement and you know this is all just kind of in my head but um i don't know i just wonder like how we beyond the (laughs) beyond the imperative of doing this work because it's an imperative like how on a daily basis without feeling the pain point of racism can we as white people maintain the focus and motivation that's needed to become abolitionists and to disrupt a system that is so historic you know we spoke about this earlier on even before we started uh, the recording our podcast about the civil rights movement and how it was powerful and how it's different today can you imagine a civil rights movement that was heavily led and involved a lot more white people, you know, mm-hmm. um, just um, um, putting it all on the line, mm-hmm. understanding that they're the cause of the problem that currently exists? Because as black people, we always feel as though we're the one being suppressed and now we have to go out and change right. our, our, our futures. So which, much emotional labor. It's so much, you know, and so it'll be very powerful that I mean, because fear is such a a limiting factor for for a lot of change today. Totally, you yeah. know. And so, if if you feel the fear and you understand that this may have to be done by someone that looks like me, mm-hmm. I think it'll be a powerful thing. If I go out there and talk about, oh, we have to change the white supremacist system, or I'm an abolitionist, it's it's true. It sounds good. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. But if you were to do that, or if white people were to say, you know what, it's our obligation to get out here and and start or be be heavily involved in the movement and not just participate half time, because our children are being affected. When you make it when you make it personal, like if if your child was in danger, you would die for your child. Yeah. No questions asked. Yeah, and that's I, and I, your child is in danger. As a mom, that was part. I didn't. I honestly couldn't watch the whole George Floyd. Yeah. film but knowing the rally call of of him calling for his mom like i i there was almost like a divine like yes. that he said that and called 
the yeah. mothers yes. and like made it. So, I mean, that's maybe part of it is like, how personal can we make this? It has to be personal. And this is why I want to have abolitionists on who tell us their story because mm-hmm. media creates it so disconnected. Mm-hmm. And emotions, emotions are what gets us through it. It's you business. Know? It's business. Like, yeah. what are you, what's going to cause the advertisers to continue to put millions into a Fox News or CNN or MSNBC mm-hmm. if they push a narrative that is aligned with the money? Right. You know, so if we say we're in the business of true abolition, we there's nothing wrong with that. But let's make a, being in the business of being truthful and talking about true justice. Right. Because I want to be in the business of true justice. Mm-hmm. I want to be in the business of, of true abolition. Talking mm-hmm. about the with individuals, no holds bar. What? How do you do what you do? And whether I'm challenged or whether you're challenged, that shouldn't be an issue of us not appreciating a perspective that has mm-hmm. to come around the table towards what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't, if we don't make it personal, it, we're doing it for nothing. You know, I think it's interesting thinking about justice and we were, we were going to start off with a definition of justice, yeah. but you know, my internet doesn't work very well right <laughs> here, so I couldn't look it up. <laughs> but I, I think what's more important than the words I can feel in my body very easily what it, what fairness means. Mm-hmm. My four-year-old daughter knows what fairness means, yeah. you know, when I get yeah. her sister something and I don't get her something. Exactly. And I feel like that, yeah, it just feels like those emotional points mm-hmm. is what we need to, like, sensitize our body to. And I think, I think that there's a part of me in not want, as an empathetic person, and not wanting to, like, feel, I mean... To, feel the rage and anger that I'm sure a lot of black people in the States feel and Mm -hmm. around the world. And I've asked you before, like, how are you even talking to me, Mm -hmm. you know, as a white woman? And I, so I want to ask you, like, how do you as, so I'm sitting across from Courtney and he has Brand, he's all about his brands. Has all of his Come brands on. on. Nothing else that matters, man. You see you know what I'm about. <laughs> and he has his hat on. Neighborhood Hope Dealer is part of his branding. Neighborhood Hope Dealer. I want to know how you don't get caught in anger and can move to hope. Because I feel myself getting caught in anger and rage. And then I like can't stay there very long. Mm-hmm. So how, how do you do that? You cannot kill a slave that has hope, mm. right? When a person, and I say a slave, I'm, I'm trying to evoke the type of, 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 of trauma that existed for a group of people that it should have been t- more towards genocide. Like, this country should be devoid of a lot of black people, uh-huh. given the, the, the trauma that we went through during slavery. But because of hope, like, we're still here. Hope is not, and I was just talking to my business partner about this. Hope is something that is is based like on logic, is based on on hard work, is based on an understanding that that things do change. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a religious person, faith is 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 loving or understanding something that is unseen. Mm-hmm. You know, I I could have said neighborhood faith dealer. You know, but. I'm not trying to deal in something. I want it, like, I believe in God. However, I'm trying to reach everyone. So if you feel like you're an atheist, if you feel like you're, everyone has hope for something. 
and you're pregnant, you hope that nine months, like, you'll have a healthy child. Mm -hmm. And how you do that is you eat healthy, you exercise, you make sure you have your prenatal appointments. So you're putting action into your hope Mm -hmm. so that the outcome could be something that you hoped would be what you wanted. You know, hope Mm -hmm. is just the beginning of the chain that you want to see. And so as I go into every community and I'm there dealing hope, it's like I'm taking the initial steps to bring out change that would change the world, you mm-hmm. know. And so I stay smiling because I know that I may not live in a world, I might not live long enough to see what I want to see as far as equality and liberation and equity. However, I know that I am starting and I'm aspiring and I'm pushing, mm-hmm. uh, I'm pushing an agenda that is going to be equitable for all. Mm-hmm. So if I die tomorrow, someone will have been inspired to keep this moving. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you asked me how I could talk to you and how I could um, not be upset. I get, I get enraged. You mm-hmm. know, um, but that's just the beginning. What am I going to do by sitting in anger? Mm-hmm. The thing about fighting is you can your opponent can never really see. Like I'm playing poker right now. I'm playing poker with inequality. Mm-hmm. You, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get a rise that you want out of me. What you're gonna get is me winning the game. Mm-hmm. And so when I walk away from the table with a smile, even though you feel like you won, Mr. Blake needs me not to be so irate that I go out there and shoot a police officer. Mm-hmm. Not that's that's not it because every police officer is not guilty. Right. He needs me to correct the system. Mr. Floyd needs me to correct the system. Tiana Taylor needs me to correct the system that is allowing them to be hurt. You know, and so I, I'm very happy that I'm in a space in my life where I can 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 lead a movement and I can walk with my eyes wide open. Right. <clears throat> and so that makes me very happy and hopeful for a future. You know what I'm saying? I feel like yeah. I'm birthing something that's huge mm-hmm. that can be a cultural shift. Mm-hmm. And so if I never get to see my baby being born, I know that I had the I, I, I was pregnant with this mm-hmm. in, the, in the beginning. So I'm very, very happy, excited. I wake up excited every day mm-hmm. to, to know that I had a vision of change and hopefully can inspire the masses to, to walk alongside me and David. You know, right. so yeah, yeah, there's no time to be angry. I mean, there's there's so much in what you just said. I mean, there's a part of it that you're saying, like, you have the anger and you stay empowered enough to transition it into hope mm-hmm. like that movement anger is a very movement oriented thing right we feel yeah. anger in our arms and our hands mm-hmm. like our arms and our hands want to do something and you stay in a place where you're like okay it has movement we're going to move it towards the positive and i think that the danger and where i slip sometimes is like i feel that anger and it feels so overwhelming that it like overflows and shuts down the system mm-hmm. and it's just like okay i have to move away from this anger because it's so powerful and mm-hmm. that's my own stuff you know I'm not like very good with anger so um I feel like being involved with racial justice asks me to face that you know Mm -hmm. like you're gonna have to see all of this and recognize too how like I also hear in what you're saying and I've heard other authors say it is like how white people and black people are a victim of white supremacy exactly I mean white supremacy has made a lot of people go to sleep and I am still part of trying to, to kind of take away all the blinds and shutters and bricks mm-hmm. and all these things that have built around me that disconnect me from the reality of what's going on here. Yeah. And so I think that's the place, I think that's a place that people get tripped up too, is like, 
I, I'm guilty, I'm at fault, I'm shameful, and those emotions are definitely, they're present in this conversation. But it's also like, I have this budding anger myself at, at white supremacy, mm-hmm. not at how things are, but like how I was conditioned. Like that's crap, like that people have been teaching me to lie my whole life. Like that, and that, for me, that anger makes it a lot easier to get corrected if I need to be bumped back into my lane <laughs> because it's like, oh fuck, you know? There it is again, this thing that I've been taught and it's wrong and I need help. And so it totally like shifts the reality of getting corrected, which is I think I see as like a really big cultural shift that needs to happen right now. Is white people need to get better at being corrected. It always it goes back to safety too. Mm-hmm. You know, like your parents raised you to live to be the age that you are now. They didn't so there is no child, especially a white child, that's going to be raised to say, you know what, I need you to go out there and protest and fight for um, black people and put your life in danger, mm-hmm. especially if the system is benefiting you. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's rare. It's a rarity for, a, 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 especially growing up. I mean, um, when, and, and back in the day where you may not have been blinded, but you're not a bad white person. Right. You I mean, that I mean? would be like yeah. the worst thing to be yeah. raised as a bad anything. Exactly. You know, like. But a racist doesn't feel they're a bad anything either. I mean, a person who hates black people oh, is yeah. raised yeah. like you know this is what is uh, God it's is moral ordained. Just. Yeah. Yeah. Like so. And I, we need to talk about that denial yeah. and and yeah. how it connects to where we got. And so we can talk about in the next episode. And I want to just wrap us up here with this conversation and ask you. You know, how does, I don't know, I'm just curious in your words how, like, hope is, and hope and discomfort is going to lead to more justice? Or how is it related to more justice? When you, to me, the relation comes in place where everyone is, gets the same reward or punishment for doing let's say the same thing and I I mean by that like if I work hard the justice for that would be a good paying job Mm -hmm. if I live if if I'm sick the justice would be to get the same health care no matter the color of my skin Mm -hmm. or the same access to health care justice would be if I do a crime um, it's across the board the same um, punishment for that crime Mm -hmm. you know I think the misnomer is black people are asking for something that we don't deserve or we, we, we shouldn't get. Justice is, is not that, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not a handout, it's mm-hmm. not a gift. Justice is something that is deserving, mm-hmm. so, is, is warranted, mm-hmm. you know, and when you stand before a, a judge and you're begging for justice, it's because both, both sides have laid out a case that warrants a, 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 an answer that's going to, to, to so that when you are in, whether you're in jail cell or back on your sofa at home, you felt like, you know what, I deserve that. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you lie to yourself, I deserve that, you know? And, mm-hmm. so, and, and, and so when the lights are off and you're in your bed and you're within your thoughts and you're in your own mind, you know that you got what you deserve. Can we honestly as a country say that every person of color has gotten what they deserve given where we are in this world? We are mm-hmm. the richest nation in the world. Mm-hmm. Poverty is on a rise. Mm-hmm. People of color are a minority. So why is it that it is, is it justice that we're, we're as marginalized as we are? Is it, is it 
is is it just that people of color are not receiving the same type of healthcare or education or um, or housing or, or financial assistance that our counterparts are? Is that justice? Mm-hmm. You know, so justice is not begging for a handout mm-hmm. or begging for a gift or or help. Justice is is something that should be given across the board for anyone that warrants mm-hmm. what they're asking for. That's, you just said one thing that I think is interesting in this conversation about justice is that the, the sense of I got what I deserved and I, I, what comes to mind for me is, you know, I'm in the speaking industry and how, you know, I'm turned down all the time. Mm-hmm. Luckily, not all the time. Okay. <laughs> I'm tr- <laughs> I get turned down for gigs, yeah. but I never have to wonder whether it was related to my race. And that's an emotional expenditure I don't have to spend, and yeah. I can I can invest that somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thank you for kind of broadening the scope of justice, not just to because I think I orient to the law, Mm-mm. you know, when I think about justice, and you're broadening it to every system that it, is built in this yeah, country. Yeah, yeah, and it, deserve like yes. the the question of deserving. Mm-hmm. And fairness in a very subjective sense mm-hmm. like that's going to be a super hard thing for us to measure as a culture because I'd love to there's got to be people out there that have some great websites like measuring yeah. how much closer is is black maternal health changing you know like mortality changing yeah. there and sentencing changing um, like some big indicators but that subjective expenditure and stress of like did I deserve this if that was unfair like that yeah. is just yeah so thank you for opening up my definition of justice today and uh, look forward to the next time sit down yes yes let's do it (laughs) thank you thanks for joining us on this episode of humanize please remember to like and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode join us on instagram or facebook to continue this conversation at the humanize podcast Let us know if you want to learn more about the professional trainings we offer. And of course, tune in next time as we continue the work. Thank you and much love.